You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome into this Film Friday episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here, every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. As always, whether this is your first time or your next time catching the show, I appreciate you being here. It is a film Friday, but it's also a black and gold Friday today, family, because it's our final preview ahead of the Saints and Panthers game on a Sunday afternoon. We'll start off with the most up-to-date injury info as of Friday morning. Michael Thomas out of practice on Thursday. Can the Saints win without him if he can't go since his status for Sunday's game is now officially in doubt? We'll talk about the Saints offense and defense and where they could take advantage of the Panthers. And we'll wrap up with our three keys to victory. The Saints are built to win this game, but can they now execute and keep pace in the NFC South? As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host of the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. A healthy combination of good news and bad news for the New Orleans Saints when it comes to their injury report on Thursday. They get a couple of players elevated, but Michael Thomas downgraded from limited to did not participate on Thursday with a hamstring injury. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. So the biggest news is going to be Michael Thomas's downgrading down to did not participate in practice on Thursday with the added hamstring injury. According to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, the hamstring injury took place during Wednesday's practice. We did not see him at practice on Thursday and then found out later on that he did not participate. But before we dig a little bit deeper into the Michael Thomas storyline here, there is some good news on this injury report going from Wednesday to Thursday. Both Janoris Jenkins and Deontay Harris remained full. Justin Hardy remained limited. He did not get downgraded. Tron Armstead upgraded from did not participate to limited with a hand injury. Nick Easton, unfortunately, with his concussion, two days straight of did not participate, very likely will be the same on Friday. But when the Saints released their week seven depth chart, they actually had Cesar Ruiz ahead of Nick Easton anyway. So you end up losing some depth there. But at this point, if you have a concussion and you're not participating in practice by Thursday, you're probably not playing, but it's fine for the Saints who have now James Hurst back in the building who can play all along the offensive line and has played tons of snaps at that left guard position, particularly just a few years back. Unfortunately, Benny Fowler, the wide receiver, also did not participate two days in a row now, Wednesday and Thursday with a shoulder injury. And then defensive back and special teams ace, JT Gray, second team all pro special teams guy, by the way, from last year, uh, with his hamstring injury upgraded from did not participate to limited. Over on the Panthers side, starting cornerback Dante Jackson remained limited, was also wearing a non-contact jersey again on Thursday. Same thing for wide receiver Curtis Samuel over on the offensive side with a knee injury, also with a red no contact jersey on him. The Carolina Panthers also saw guard John Miller downgraded from limited to did not participate with an ankle injury. And while Eli Apple remains a full participant in practice, Rasul Douglas did not participate on Thursday, but it does say on their injury report that that miss was not injury related. So we'll see what his designation is come Friday. We'll get game status designations later on today. 
from both of these teams. Two of the big ones to watch out for over on the Panther side are going to be Dante Jackson and Curtis Samuel, because if Dante Jackson can't go, then that means that Eli Apple very likely gets thrust into a starting position. And I know many, many Saints fans would love to see that, even if Michael Thomas is unable to go. And if that happens, there have been a lot of question marks around Saints fans and around the media of whether or not the Saints can win if Michael Thomas doesn't play in Sunday's game, which I think is really interesting because the Saints have won a pair of games without Michael Thomas in a row now going up against the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Chargers, both games where they had to claw themselves out of giving up big leads and sort of facing some adversity in those environments. And so for me, it's a little curious that all of a sudden, because Michael Thomas could miss with a hamstring injury this time, as opposed to the ankle injury that he's been missing games with, and of course, getting benched last week because of the altercation in practice with CJ Gardner-Johnson, that now all of a sudden, we're still having this conversation about whether or not the Saints can win. So let's really take a look at this. The Saints have scored 30.6 points per game all season, right? And that includes four games without Michael Thomas, only the first opening game with him. I'm not saying that Michael Thomas isn't going to make this offense better. I'm not saying that Michael Thomas isn't needed in this offense. All I'm saying is that if they're not missing Michael Thomas, they're still putting points on the board. Over the last three games, in fact, they've scored 31.7 points. So they've actually gone up from there. You look at the way that they perform at home, 31.3 points per game. So they're faring very well in terms of putting points on the board, even without Michael Thomas. So if Michael Thomas can't go, I don't have a feeling that this offense all of a sudden is just going to fall off a cliff because it hasn't so far. And you pair them up with the Carolina Panthers, who are 23rd in the league when it comes to scoring on offense, 23 points per game and away from home, 20.3 points per game. So not great. And they only scored 16 points last week against the Chicago Bears. We'll talk about why that's important when we get to talking about the Saints defense going up against this offense. Real quick, we'll also take a look at yards per game as well. The Saints right now 12th in the NFL in terms of total yards per game, 378.4. They trail behind Carolina at 383.5. But when you look over the last three games, the New Orleans Saints 399 yards per game, seventh best in the NFL. This team can produce without Michael Thomas. They've gotten better over the time. So if Michael Thomas needs a little bit of time to get that hamstring right, get it ready so that he can perform well late into the season and in the playoffs, that's probably preferable as the New Orleans Saints have had no problem putting points and yardage up on the board on the offensive side over these last few weeks. So I'm far from ruling the Saints out in this game on Sunday just because they end up having to play another game without Michael Thomas. Does it suck? Yes, of course it does. You want to see Michael Thomas out on the field, and certainly he makes the team better. But I do believe that they can beat this Carolina Panthers team without him. And we'll talk about exactly why that is up next here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. And before we get to that, you know, look, you're looking at walls being built all over the place. Can the Saints win without Michael Thomas? Can the Saints win despite Michael Thomas being a quote-unquote distraction. So many walls all the time, and you're always looking to break through those. And if you're looking to break through your own personal walls, BuiltGo can help you do it. They're going to help you break through your wall, whether it's a mental one or a physical one. Break through with Go every day. They're easy to take. One and a half ounce packages of a blend of combined energy gel and collagen protein, which is fast absorbing. So it gets into your system fast and is super easy on your stomach. You're not going to get stomach aches and everything like you do with some of those other energy gels. You don't have to worry about that. And they're easy to carry around in your golf bag, your briefcase, uh, in your pocket throughout the day in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint, which y'all know is my favorite. They've got everything that you need. B vitamins, beta alanine, honey, kick of caffeine, all the good stuff to help you stay strong 
throughout the day. Visit them, check them out, builtgo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Once you're done with this episode, I'm going to recommend that you jump over and listen to the homie Matt Moscona over at Locked on LSU. The uh, LSU Tigers are playing tomorrow, but they will be without starting quarterback Miles Brennan. TJ Finley has been named the starter. If you want to get the download and everything going on with the LSU Tigers and what they might look like this week between TJ Finley and Max Johnson, go and check them out. Matt Moscona, Locked on LSU. Some of the best 30 minutes you're ever going to hear when it comes to sports talk, whether you're an LSU fan or not. Let's go ahead and keep going on with our best 30 minutes of sports talk, at least the best that I can give you. Uh, We'll jump into a look at the Saints offense versus the Carolina Panthers defense. Did my film study and everything over the week and just got to tell you, Carolina Panthers are very weak on defense. Uh, I know you can look at the numbers and they'll tell you that, but if you look at the film, it's even more glaring. They, They don't get enough. They get a little bit of a pass rush, but they don't get at the quarterback. They don't get to the quarterback. So there's not enough of a pass rush there so far outside of maybe Brian Burns. That really makes me feel like the Carolina Panthers can affect the game with their pass rush. If they do, it's because the offensive line of the Saints have had a complete freaking meltdown. It, that's what it would take. And so we're not going to rule that out because we have seen more surprising things so far this NFL season. But when it comes to the Saints offense, they should be able to produce here even without Michael Thomas. In the passing game, the Saints might struggle a little bit just to catch a rhythm as we see them do early on and often. You know, uh, Pro Football Focus put out this great stat. So they looked at Drew Brees in the first half versus Drew Brees in the second half. He's thrown all of his interceptions in the first half. He's thrown a majority of his touchdowns in the second half. His uh, pass rating is up over the hundreds in the second half. So his second half play has been far better than his first half play so far. So as long as the Saints offense, even if it struggles early, doesn't allow the Carolina Panthers to create too much separation before halftime, then you feel pretty confident about this team being a second half surge team and being able to do that. And I think 3,000 fans in the stands will help. Again, 3,000 fans is not 73,000 fans, but it's better than 750, that's for sure. So when you look at where it is that the Saints have been most successful, and then you compare that to where it is that the Carolina Panthers have struggled, specifically also keeping in mind that they have struggled on the back end and the secondary, and they've also struggled at the uh, the, the defensive line and getting pressure, the Saints have been most successful so far this season running out of 12 person, I'm sorry, 21 personnel, excuse me. So that's two running backs, one tight end. This should be very exciting news for anybody that has been a Saints fan since 2017, because the last time that they were very successful in 21 personnel is when they were running their game with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram 2017-2018. So getting back to the style of play to where you're putting two backs on the field more times and you're getting success out of that, you're getting the majority of that success when it's specifically Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara as those two backs. Yes, getting Michael Burton out there helps. Yes, getting Josh Hill out there as in, in the F position, which is what they have him designated as on the roster, and you can get him in the backfield as well. They've been productive there, but specifically when they have both Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara on the field, they have produced very well. And I think that both of these players are going to have huge games against Carolina on Sunday, particularly Alvin Kamara because of his work in the receiving game. Carolina does not defend running backs well. Remember, according to Football Outsiders and their DVOA metric, which measures success above or below a league average, the Carolina Panthers are 30th in the NFL in defending against running backs. So Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, they should eat all day against this Carolina Panthers defense. So now let's use some of the analytics to support what the film is already telling us, right? The New Orleans Saints running 21 personnel, again, two running backs, one tight end, which usually means two wide receivers as well. Uh, You're looking at them running that usually 12% of the time. They've run it 37 times so far this season, which is 
pretty hefty. I mean, when you consider that their second most used is 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field at 46 times, 14%, the Saints have been leaning into this two-back set quite a bit, particularly over these last couple of weeks. The passer rating coming out of that right now, when you look at the attempts, 15 attempts, 12 completions, 113.1 pass rating. No touchdowns, but also no interceptions. Air yards per attempt, 7.6. Yards per attempt, 11.1. Those are numbers that you're not used to seeing from the New Orleans Saints offense. That's bolstered quite a bit. 63% success rate uh, in, in the passing game out of this personnel package. But it's the running game that's going to tell us the real story here. 67% success rate in the run game on these plays out of 21 personnel. They've done it 21 times. They've got two rushing touchdowns out of it, and they're averaging five yards per carry. Now let's go over to the Carolina side and look at how they have managed defending against 21 personnel. They've not done well. They've allowed a total 62% success rate in combined run and pass success rate to uh, you know, opposing teams, opposing offenses in 21 personnel, but they have allowed specifically a 75% success rate in the run game. Now they've only faced 21 personnel 13 times so far this season. So they're uncomfortable with it. They're not used to it and they suck at it. That's the other big part of it. Excuse me for being very blunt, but they are not good against 21 personnel and the Saints should take advantage of that. We should see a lot of Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara in the backfield or Latavius Murray and Michael Burton or Josh Hill and Alvin Kamara or Taysom Hill getting involved back there as well. Any of those combinations where you get two backs on the field is going to be helpful for the Saints. Listen to this, 6.1 yards per carry given up by the Carolina Panthers against 21 personnel and offenses that are running it. That is gargantuan. <laughs> and you look at a team that's already producing five yards per carry on their own going up against defenses that have been better against it. And now you're going to face a defense that struggles against it that much. This is good news for the Saints. This is good news for Alvin Kamara. It's good news for fantasy owners of Alvin Kamara, even possibly Latavius Murray, who scored two touchdowns in the last game. So look, I, I think that Alvin Kamara gets back to having multiple touchdowns in this game. We haven't seen it. He, he had his first game with no touchdowns this season, week five against the Los Angeles Chargers, I think he is back on track. And not only does he score once, but I think he scores multiple times in this game. I think he has a big game. I think Latavius Murray can shape up for a big game, depending upon how many carries he gets and how many opportunities he gets as well. I'm not too worried about the Saints passing game. Drew Brees, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, uh, Jared Cook, these guys should all be fine in terms of going through. But keep an eye out on who it is that ends up being active and inactive in this game. Last time we saw the last chance for the Saints to bring and elevate Garrett Griffin up, without having to actually sign him to the active roster. If they end up doing that again, they'll have to actually put him on the active roster. But that is a move that you could see happen. You could see Cameron Tom being brought up from the practice squad for this game. If you see moves like that, then it already sort of tips the hand to the idea that the Saints are going to go run heavy and run focus in this game, which I think would, uh, let me see if I can pull up a big, voca a nice vocabulary word here, uh, would behoove them going into this game against the Carolina Panthers. So that's the offensive side. I really look at this being another run heavy game and they'll be able to take advantage of the passing game off of that, continue to sprinkle in some play action, take advantage of the things that you've seen work over the last couple of weeks. Just keep going, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, because it's working, it's working and it, it looks like it should work against this Carolina Panthers defense. So now we'll flip the script. We'll look at the Carolina Panthers offense up against New Orleans Saints defense. How can the Saints hang with this deep passing attack? There's one element and one element only that will potentially save them going into this week. We'll talk about that and we'll get to our three keys to victory here in just a moment on Locked on Saints, your team every day. 
All right, Huda Nation, we are rolling right along with today's episode of Locked on Saints. As always, if this is your first time catching the show, I appreciate you so much. And however you found us and taking the time to come through, appreciate you being here. For those of you that have been here for the long haul or been here for a little bit, I appreciate y'all. Thank you very much. Be sure to subscribe, drop five-star rating and review, all that good stuff to just help us keep on moving and keep getting better here on the show every single week. Remember, we're here every Monday through Friday. So if you only caught one episode this week, what are you doing? You slacking. Get a second episode in, a third episode in, a fifth episode in. Come through. All right, so let's go ahead and keep moving on here. We talked about the Saints offense going up against Carolina Panthers defense. Let's flip the script a little bit. We'll talk about the Carolina Panthers offense up against the Saints defense. The thing that every Saints fan should be afraid of this week is the matchup between the Carolina Panthers wide receivers and the New Orleans Saints back in secondary. And that has probably been your biggest fear since week one. And I do not blame you. It has been mine. That is more than certain. Um, This secondary has struggled for the Saints. Their best player, Marshawn Lattimore, has not been playing up to par. Let me say it that way. Uh, 158.3 pass rating allowed so far when targeted. No pass breakups, no interceptions. He has not been that guy so far this season. Does that mean that he won't be? No, but it just means that so far, five games through, you're looking for him to really tighten up in coverage during this game. And the unfortunate part is that this game, he's going to be matching up with receivers like DJ Moore, who have had, who's had a lot of success against the Saints before, and Robbie Anderson. Those small, twitchy, fast, quick guys, they tend to give Marshall Lattimore some problems. Let's be real. Like he tends to really, um, really be play better and play up to par up against those bigger physical receivers like Mike Evans. So, it's tough. It's a tough thing, and this is a tough matchup for him, but that's a big thing that you're going to be watching across the entire secondary. Certainly getting Janoris Jenkins back is big. He's only allowing a pass rating so far of 55.5 or somewhere thereabouts. So you like getting him back, and then you've got your back-end safeties, and unfortunately, we'll just. it looks like we're just going to continue to see P.J. Williams in positions where they're just going to, let's see if this works, and then it eventually doesn't work. So that's something, obviously, that you want to see them clear up a bit. But when it comes down to how to take advantage of this Carolina Panthers defense. They use a lot of long developing route combinations. And what is the one thing that every Saints fan, every Saints fan was concerned about during the five games that Teddy Bridgewater was the starter? Anybody? Anybody? You, sir? He holds on to the ball too long. Yes, that is exactly right. Thank you. You get a free year of Locked on Saints. Thank you for coming through. That is exactly right. He holds on to the ball too long, right? So if you have these long developing routes and these long developing route combinations, it just feeds into that even more. Y'all have to, I'm, I'm so goofy. I'm so sorry, but you know, I like to have fun. So, you know, it, it feeds into that issue. So what is going to make the big difference for the Saints is going to be the defensive line. We talked already a couple of days ago about how The sacks that Carolina has given up, the most of them have come against defensive lines that are running stunts, twists, things like that. So if you have, let's talk about the, let's say, defensive left side of the defensive line, and you've got, let's say, uh, uh, Sheldon Rankins in at three tech, and you've got Cam Jordan in at left end, and they switch after the snap. So instead of uh, Sheldon Rankins attacking the inside, he attacks around the edge, pulls around, and then you would have... Uh, Cam Jordan dive into the interior and then take on the interior instead of coming around the edge. So those types of stunts and twists to where you're causing some commotion and some some confusion for the offensive line, which remember, T-Bob Bear told us last week when he came through that that is something that causes a lot of trouble for offensive linemen, particularly at the rate that the Saints rotate because this pair might run this specific stunt better. This pair might run this specific twist better. So there's so many different combinations that they'll be able to pull and of course, players from the uh, from the edge can play on the interior. Players from the interior can play off the edge. 
So there's a lot of opportunities to confuse this Carolina Panthers offensive line that has already proven to be able to be confused quite easily in those situations. So the one thing that is going to save the secondary is going to be an efficient pass rush and a productive pass rush. If the Saints can carry over the pass rush from last week after they added Marcus Davenport back in, then they can carry that over to this week. And the Saints should find success over on the defensive side. They'll need coverage in the middle of the field too. Let's not let's not forget to talk about the second level, right? Second level coverage has been a little bit of a challenge for the Saints so far. Demario Davis is really your only solid, consistent guy, but even he has had some issues where he's given up touchdowns or he's given up passes in coverage when he's been in man coverage in particular. So, you know, you want to see all of that adjusted. They had the full off, see, off week, excuse me, to do it with the bye week. So we'll see exactly what happens there. One of the things that I want to point out is that Teddy Bridgewater has thrown five interceptions so far this season. And and I looked at all five of them. I watched all five of these. And so I want to look at this because four of them came in shotgun. One of them came under center. The Saints are much better defending against shotgun this season than they are defending against uh, quarterbacks under center. And a, a healthy portion of that probably has to do with play action. You're more likely to run play action from under center than you are out of shotgun. Not that you don't run them out of shotgun, but you're more likely to see it from under center. So when you look at the shotgun plays, the, the five plays in which he threw interceptions, one of them came, all, well, let's start off with this. All five of these came in their own territory, uh, four out of the five of them deep within their own territory within or at their own 20. So that's a key thing because that is a great place to create turnovers if you're a defense. Uh, one of the first ones that I watched came actually from their one yard line. There was a stunt by the defensive line and there was pressure. That play, it was dropped and then it was picked off. It was very much akin to the the Alshon Jeffrey drop and then the Marshawn Lattimore interception in the playoffs a couple of years ago. You look at the next one, stunt and pressure. Next one, stunt and pressure. The other one, it was an overthrown screen. And then another one, stunt by the defensive line, pressure. That is what's going to cause turnovers. And this is something that I've talked to a lot of people about on Twitter, on radio appearances, everything. The New Orleans Saints have had trouble to where when they are able to get pressure on a quarterback and they're able to make him make a bad choice, they haven't been able to capitalize in those situations and turn those miscues, those misthrows, or those errant throws into turnovers because they're so busy wanting to attack the receiver that they don't make plays on the ball. I would be absolutely shocked if that is something that they did not try to address over the bye week. Now we need to see if they'll be able to execute it. So that's going to be a big thing. So let's break down our three keys to victory based upon what we've talked about today. Number one, and not really in any priority order, right? These are all keys to victory, but Number one, establish and maintain the run game. That also means, let me say this, that also means utilizing throws in the flat, utilizing swing throws, utilizing screen passes. All of those are an extension of the run game for the Saints. So even those plays to their running backs are considered, and we should consider those run plays. So let's not pretend like just because they throw the ball that they're not relying on some of those very same techniques and some of those very same premises that come with running the Uh, running the run game. So let's not forget that. So that's one thing. Number two is get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. You know he's going to hold on to the ball long, but don't take long to get after him. Don't give him the time that he wants. Make Cut it short. Make him rush. And then take advantage of opportunities on the defensive side and create turnovers, create takeaways. Alex Anzalone told us before the season that they wanted, their goal as a defense was to become a top five defense across multiple categories, and they had a specific focus on takeaways. We ain't seen it. We ain't seen it when it comes to takeaways. We saw two interceptions early on in the season, and then it feels like I haven't seen an interception. It's been 84 years. So that's what what it is that we want to see, right? We want to see them generate those turnovers and generate those takeaways. Don't rely on them giving the ball up and coughing it up and fumbles like Jalen Rashad. Don't, Don't rely on that. Don't wait on that. Go out there and take the ball. 
That's your ball. Go get that ball. That's what we want to see from the New Orleans Saints this week. Run game, pass rush, generate turnovers. Booyah. That's a win. All right, y'all. That's going to do it for today's episode. I appreciate y'all so much, as always, for being here with me. Make sure you come back next week. We'll be recapping it. We're going to have, we're going to have this victory Monday, y'all. No, no sad boy Monday coming up. I'm speaking into existence. I'm putting it out to the Lord, and the Lord's going to give it back to me. We are going to get this victory. Victory Monday going on. I would be so disappointed if we don't get it, but that's all right. But either way, I'll be back on Monday, and you know how it is. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday here with you every single week. We'll recap this game, and then we'll look ahead to the next opponent, the Chicago Bears. We'll be talking to my good friend Lauren Cox next Thursday as well. Great guy. Great insight. Looking forward to it. I appreciate y'all, as always, for coming through. Y'all have a safe and fun weekend. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. Trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.